pods in his heaven, all's right with the world. Welcome to the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. My name is Matt, and in the endless loop of rebirth and dying that I go through every day, I wish I could just finally get the reboot that would do us justice. And I'm Audrey, and I mustn't run away. I mustn't run away. I mustn't run away, because this anime will keep following me anyways. Well, we are at part two, or the final part, or part 1.0 point, plus <laughs> 1.0, if you're, a, if you're a mathematician. And we are going to be covering the final two films of the Real Build of Evangelion Quatrilogy. Is that a word? I'm going to say it. Yeah, it's it is. Quatri- quatrily, quadrilogy of these films. Obviously, since we're covering the third and fourth film, uh, fucking spoily woilies mm-hmm. for the first two. I guess... I mean, we could talk about this movie at length, and if you have not seen the first two, you wouldn't know what was going on. I mean, shit, we watched the first two, and we barely knew what was going on. Well, I knew what was going on in the first two, because they were basically just the anime, but then the yeah. third and the fourth came along, and I said, ooh, what we doing here, Ano? This is, what we doing? What is this? What are you doing here? It's getting squirrely. Yeah, I was getting a little bit, I was like, uh, is this what it feels like to watch Evangelion with your memory <laughs> erased again? <sighs> but So obviously spoilers for the first two films, and I mean, there So you go, before spo- we get into talking about the main event, we're, we're going to do something new. In the start of each month, or the first episode of each month, we're going to do an AMA for some audience participation. So we got a couple questions from our patrons, and uh, we're going to read them off and answer them to the best of our abilities. Yes, so no check-in, because we're not padding this out to like three hours. Yeah. Because some of these questions are ridiculous. Very open-ended. All right, let's go ahead and just... uh, (laughs) Let's just kick it up with the with IKEA's questions. Uh, IKEA Plant, he's in our server. Very cool, very cool guy. Um, and all of his questions are basically anti based. <laughs> well, two of the four. We just said, ask us anything. And then he just said, all right, bet. <laughs> and here we are. So his first question is What is the best hentai genre? Well, my response question is there are hentai genres. I'm going to say anything involving little sisters. Sisters in general. I see. Family. Family. Family is everything. Family's important. Ohana. Ohana. Ohana (laughs) means nobody ever comes behind. Unless you want them to. Unless you want them to. Um. I'd say my. Favorite hentai genre, if you could call it a genre, is, of course, Yuri. But, I mean, that's just me. I like Yuri anything. Yuri ice, cle- ice cream, let's go. <laughs> but I, I really like uh, gender bender stuff, especially when it involves magic. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Or actually, even better, if it's those gender benders that feature, like, potions where they drink it and they undergo a slow body transformation. That one's always nice because they're like, well, my chest is expanding. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I think, again, just uh, family stuff because that's that's my thing. <laughs> Especially because unlike, you know, 
if you're what the kind of person who watches actual porn, you're sitting there going like, I don't think those people are actually related, mm-hmm. but in this one they are, and that kind of makes it hotter for some reason. Um, I I generally like, I guess you know, because there's the implication of history. Yeah, implication of history, and also there's if you're if it's a good hentai and not just a hentai for the sheer fucky wuckies, mm-hmm. then there'll be plot, and I like it when that kind of plot comes together, especially when it's the forbidden romance. I love any forbidden romance. Yeah. Hate NTR, no NTR. So that's the best hentai genres. Thank you for your question, IKEA. <laughs> now to your next question. <laughs> If you could be transported into any hentai, what would it be? Interspecies reviewers. Next question. All right. Well, <laughs> is that is that for real? Your final for, answer? Yeah, for real. What do you think? Interspecies reviewer is the best hentai out there. It's not. I mean, is it a hentai? It was on Funimation. Yeah, hentai. It was until it got booted out, and then Pornhub said, "I'll take you in, you sussy or- baka." Yo, call call the species of viewers a sussy baga. Man, that's kind of hard, actually. I can't think of any hentai that I've ever seen where I said, oh, man, I wish I was in this average, ordinary, everyday world. Redo of healer? (laughs) Uh, This average, ordinary, everyday world where one guy is getting laid a lot and I'm just some average dude in the background. You you can go into a buck naked in another world. This is a hentai. You're saying that's not a hentai? It's not. It's an isekai. It's a. I mean, you're getting fucked over because you're reading it. Uh, I mean, it's not that bad. Is <laughs> it not? It's not. I think uh, there is this one hentai that I saw once upon a time that had like a Six Flags, but for like fucking. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That way, I could be involved. It had like weird. It had. It was weird. Oh, what? like it, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, it was a weird hentai. It was basically the Disneyland of lewd, where you like basically whoever went in there got a uh, got a collar or something that said if they wanted to be do- topped or bottomed, or what they wanted, what their kinks and fetishes were. That's kind of cool. Oh, that's hot. I I do like that. Going back to the last question, I like the uh, free use subgenre, mm-hmm. where it's just like like you said, have a collar or a name tag that says, "Hi, feel free to fuck me whenever you want." Damn. Uh, what was that? There was like one, like little mini series of hentai. It's like high school net, or mm-hmm. school uh, school love net. Yeah. Where it's like a, I think it's like a virtual school world where it's like all kind of, like, sci-fi slash mystical fucking in- involved. Where it's like yeah. it, you can clone them or. Have them halfway into a wall or turn your dick into a hydro tentacle. I see. Very exploratory. Very exploratory. Hmm. Well, that's that question. (laughs) (laughs) And now we're done with the horny. Now we're done with the horny. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, He's two more questions. (laughs) If you could be transported into any anime, what would it be and why? Um, hmm. I'm just going to answer the first thing because it's been the the anime I've always wanted to be in. And I think it's going to be a very low, just very low, slow, slow ball, knock it out of the park. And everybody's going to be like, well, yeah, uh, I'm going to say Pokemon. <laughs> That's and a good one. Why I say Pokemon is purely because 
Have you ever seen just rampant violence and destruction in Pokemon, excluding the movies? The movies be fucked up. Yeah, the movies are wild. This giant dog want to fuck your mom. Hello. <laughs> these is this Mewtwo is making clony wonies of all these Pokemon and wants to invade the world and engage in a massive holocaust. <laughs> but I'm gonna say the Pokemon anime, not the movies, because those movies be uh, be fucky wucky, mm-hmm. and purely because there never seems to be any sort of just danger. Everybody's just having fun, and again, all the Pokemon are really cool because you know it's Pokemon. I mean, hell, Ash gets electrocuted on a regular basis, and at worst, he's singed. Yeah. But if I can't go into Pokemon for some reason, then I'm not a furry, but I want to be in Beastars. <laughs> I want to be a giant motherfucking gorilla. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Pounds on chest in the middle of class. I mean, it's probably perfect for you. You don't have to work out and you'll still be strong as hell. You just walk around like, hey, don't mess with me. Look at me. I rip your dick off. <laughs> that's exactly what i do i'll be like i'll be like hey you kill another you kill another animals eating them we're gonna rip that dick off are there any gorillas or primates in b stars we've talked about we talked about i feel this like we did so much. Some, i think dan pointed out to me in a text message isn't the 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 headmaster the the former room mister mister as well the former person who's over Legoshi's dorm a baboon and i said yeah they kind of faded her out, though. <laughs> oh, let's see. If I had to pick an anime, it certainly would not be any kind of mecha. Because uh, war is bad and scary. I mean, if you've looked at the timeline for Universal Century for the one-year war, they dropped a colony in the first week. <laughs> they go fucking hard on war crimes. Uh... Definitely would be a slice of life. Actually, no, you know what? Fuck it. Put me into an isekai. Make me the bullshit protagonist. Damn. So, which one would you go into? Would you rather go into one that's very... Would you rather... On the sliding scale of serious to not serious, would you rather go into Grimgar, or would you rather be dropped into Konosuba? Like, what level are we talking about? I'm probably around Konosuba, because... Someone fucking died in Grimgar. Which isekai is it the one where they're like, we need new clothes, these are dirty and giving us diseases? Is that Grimgar? It could be Grimgar. Sounds like it. I don't know, but somebody told me once upon a time about an isekai that was very medieval and they didn't wipe their ass because they couldn't find like proper toilet paper, so one of them died. And I don't think that's Grimgar, but apparently that's out there, so go look for it if you want to. Yeah, that does not sound like Grimgar. Maybe in the oh. second season, but I've only seen the like, first 12 episodes. Oh. How fortunate. I think there's only 12. <laughs> there's no second season. Oh, well, like the manga, I think, continues or light novel. Yeah. I don't know anything about I don't know anything about this this ass wiping isekai, but I got transported just... to another world, but now I'm at risk of dying of dysentery. <laughs> oh, you you silly Kami-sama, sending me to hell. So Konosuba, yeah, Konosuba, interesting. interesting. That seems like a very lighthearted one. I could I could vibe with some Konosuba. Yeah, take a take a useless goddess with me. Get married to a big titty uh, royal noble and yeah. uh, have a legally questionable 
little waifu. Interesting. That's a very good answer. I like that answer. All right, that's it with that question. His is- I was about to call him Isakia. <laughs> Ikea's last question is, who'd win in a fist fight, you or Audrey? Audrey. Probably neither of us. Because we be if we're fighting each other, you know, the intent would hurt more than any punch. That's true, too. That's That's very true. <laughs> no one would win. <laughs> but just talking about breaking us down to our capabilities, our pure fighting stat-wise, uh, I beat Audrey in almost every category except, like, weight and flexibility. I would probably be, like, a... Uh, you would be a tank and I would be a glass cannon. I could probably outmaneuver you, but if you get a hit on me, I'm down. I mean, for fuck's yeah. sakes, we're, we're in different weight classes. You picked me up once. And yeah, you said, I mean, I, you're a lot lighter than I expected. <laughs> I mean, I, I definitively can pick pick Audrey up and throw her. Yeah. I can. I could probably, if, if Audrey gets caught, then Audrey's dead. Yeah. But you also have to take into consideration that I'm an extreme, I'm, I'm a very big pussy and don't like fighting at all. Unless I'm mad, but like, I don't like, I'm on medication now, so try to get me mad. I could probably hit you like five times and it would only count for one punch. Probably. So, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with your answer. <laughs> Who wins? None, neither, <laughs> neither one, neither one. I would probably win the first two or three matches and then I'll get knocked down to fourth round. Yeah, that you got to factor in your stamina too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. The only stat again, flexibility and just pure, pure lightweight, light, lightweight. <laughs> Patreon stretch goal: a thousand dollars, and we'll start a fight club. Yeah, a thousand dollars. We'll actually get. We'll do. We'll do a take. We'll do it. Do it. What's that stupid? Uh, I can never remember anybody's name ever now. We're going to fight in a boxing ring. We're going to be like that YouTube guy. Jake oh, Paul. Yeah. Jake Paul. How can I remember, forget a guy's name who's who's got two first names? Well, there's two yeah, we'll of them. Fight. There's Jake Paul and Longa Paul, and I can't remember which one is actually the douchebag. I think they're, they're both douchebags. Oh, yeah. I think it's Logan Paul, the one I'm thinking about, who just who boxes like random people. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll box each other for $1,000 if we get to Patreon. Who pays boxers to let him win. Oh, is that a true factoid? I mean, you fair believe it. Why else do you I think would, all these actual boxers just let him win? I just don't want to slander Logan Paul's good name. What good name? <laughs> Listen to the Otaku Melancholy podcast for slander. And if you go into Discord, you can read some libel as well. <laughs> so there you go. Next up is... We're going to go with Mello's question. Mello asks... Kaiju versus Mech, who would win? I'm talking Godzilla versus default Gundam guy. <laughs> okay, well, first off, it's RX-78-2, or referred to from now on as the granddaddy. Second of all, if we're talking specifically Godzilla versus granddaddy Gundam, Godzilla just hands down. Hmm. That's a bold take there, Cotton. I think you're wrong. As much as I love the Gundam... I mean, just taking the side scale, the the size uh, difference between them, 
Even if you take the shitty, what was it, 2001, 2005 Godzilla, the American one. Yeah. Uh, that thing is like four times at least the size of the Gundam. And, you know, the beam saber would probably be a formidable weapon against it. But it's going to take a lot to bring that thing down. Alright, so here's here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm looking at a Godzilla size comparison. And let's just take Godzilla at his normal default size of what I'm looking what I'm looking at is about 393 feet. Yeah. Uh, let's look at the Gundam in universe. I don't need to know how big a fucking one seventh scale is in universe. In universe, that'll do it. I looked up Gundam Universe size and it just showed me the size of the fucking models again. Let's see. The height up to the top of the head is 18 meters. Which hmm. is 59 feet tall. Okay, so we're looking at 59 feet versus Godzilla who at an average is 393 feet. Now, let's take in pure capabilities of fighting. Like, you're looking at nuclear blasts. Can the Gundam itself can withstand, you know, entering the Earth's atmosphere, according to one of the movies? Well, if it has either its shield or its protective heat coating blanket. Yeah, but remember that in the movie, it just was like, oh, yeah, that's right, I can just dive in. <laughs> and I'm going to take that because that heat blanket shit is stupid. Now, makes, let's... It's, it's makes total sense though i like it for its stupid scientific accuracy now let's assume that we're going in a basic combat in a city and we're fighting godzilla all right cool i i'm i'm comparing i'm putting up stacking up my argument and the more and more i look at it i'm also who's the pilot who's the pilot of this gundam well the pilot of course is going to be amuro all right well uh, godzilla wins <laughs> thanks for asking your question Melo. No, but seriously, uh, yeah, sure. Capabilities of firepower. I, you know, I do think that the god, the the granddaddy has a chance, but an intelligent Godzilla would fucking thrash Amuro. Also, considering in universe for Godzilla, the Japanese Defense Force has, you know, added in the original movie, it's tanks and aircraft and missiles versus Godzilla, which cannot take it down. And then in the later movies, you have a bunch of sci-fi, like, lasers and lightning um, lightning tanks and all that, which still are ineffective. And a lot of the Gundam's armaments are, you know, a hyper-bazooka, which is still ballistic missiles. Mm -hmm. It has a beam rifle and a beam saber, which would... It'll probably do some damage, but only, like, very superficial and leave, like, burn scars. The beam saber, maybe if it could get to its throat and like cauterize his jugular, maybe, but it would still have to get in close. Yeah, and there's also just the sheer factor of that the Gundam, as far as just the default granddaddy Gundam, you know, it doesn't have, it is powered by what, nuclear emissions? Yeah, it has a fusion reactor. Yeah. 
I mean, I just do not see. I see if, you know, like most of the times you see in Gundam fights, the Gundam gets hit and it's like, oof. But if Godzilla fight, it's fired its nuclear, you know, nuclear breath at the Godzilla, that f- that fusion core would react. And uh, there goes a uh, part of Japan again. Mm-hmm. So overall, Godzilla. Yeah, Godzilla. Godzilla. Interesting good... discussion, though. Interesting discussion. We should do more who would wins. No. The base question was kaiju versus mech, and that would greatly depend on which kaiju versus which mech, which is also a fun discussion. We could just roll dice on it. We could just put a big old hat of of, of kaiju and mechs. I mean, fuck it. Pacific Rim. There's the whole discussion right there. Yeah, well, next episode we review Pacific Rim. <laughs> and our final question of the episode comes from our patron... Moe Soda, or you may know her better as Amelia. And her question is, I guess this is more for Matt, but what's a scene from the Monogatari novels that is different in the anime, one that the novels does better, and one that the anime does better? I got this. <laughs> the, all the scenes are done better in the anime, purely because I have not read the novels because I cannot read. All right, and... I guess I will take this one and purely say that any sort of discussion scene works better in the novels because it's not so rapidly paced. And I don't mean that in a way that is demeaning to the the Monogatari style, but there's a lot more sort of discussions that are usually engaged in these conversations, like one-on-one discussions in the Monogatari anime. I mean, it's been about a year or so since I saw one last. But yeah. a lot of discussions are kind of rapid paced and they move the plot along pretty quickly with some gags in between. But some of the discussions in Mon- the Monogatari novels just go on and on and on with gags after gags after gags. And they are legitimately funny. And there's a lot of anime references. And overall, they really build up the characters and how much fondness they have between each other. Because, I mean, some of the stuff that greatly enhances from the novels is the fact you get Araragi's uh point of view because some of the shit he does just seems excessively weird like grabbing Hachikuji and mm-hmm. just groping her but I mean it makes a little bit more sense as he goes wait a minute I should do this and then he says no way I'll look like a pervert and then he just says well no one's around so that flows a lot seamlessly so basically any discussion kind of works a lot better especially stuff like the uh, Deshu Kaiki uh discussion where he's basically saying like what's real what's more real is something that's fake because it strives to be real that that works a lot better yeah having to be able to think about that for a second <laughs> uh but basically in a discussion but one major major scene is definitely just anything involving kai uh deshu kaiki but i would have to say any action scene like i know this is going to be a generic answer of any discussion is better in the novel but any action scene isn't improved but basically one of the scenes that stands out to me the most is the fight between, you know, the rainy devil and Kyomi. That was one of my highlights of the original Bake. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of just a little bit lackluster in the novels, which it just feels like, which I realized rereading these books, I was like, all these fights are is Kyomi getting the shit beat out of him. <laughs> so a lot of it is just Kyomi saying, I got hurt. I got hurt. I'm in miserable pain. I got hurt. My leg was ripped off. My arm was ripped off. But the one in the the fight in that scene was really intense. Meanwhile, in the the book form, it's just Aragi thinking about what he's going to do and it not working. 
Yeah. Like, I'm going to do the spinning kick. And the, 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 the rainy devil grabs him and throws him. But just from what I've read from Kizu to the end of Nisei, uh, that is definitely going to be my answer. And I would really, if I ever had the time, I would love to discuss this kind of thing because there are a good bit of changes from book to book. But a lot of it is just sheer characterization and time delved into the conversations, which, again, enhances how these characters are as far as just being characters in the book. So, I mean, if you like if you like if you like Monogatari, then I, I recommend checking them out. And not just because be a fucking literate, you you stupid idiot, but as in there's legitimately more flesh out into there's more flesh dived into the world, like the apparitions and all that. So uh, great question. Ask more like that so I can gush. And uh, give me something, something to talk about. Because I like talking about things. I like talking about my interests. You got your question. You got your Kaiju versus Mech. That was so for you. Yeah, but you jumped in too. Yeah, but that's because I've, I've never seen a Godzilla film, so I shouldn't have been able to. I just <laughs> looked up stats. Stay tuned for Godzilla Month, where we watch every Godzilla film in a month. Oh It'll be like God. the Marvel movie Madness. Oh my God! The Matt, the Matt, wow, Matt committed death on the the, the fifth episode. Where's Where's Lightning Jaeger, whatever his name is, Jaggy Jagger, Jet Jaguar. G- yeah, that's what I was gonna say. The, I, the slip of the tongue. Lightning Jaeger is fucking awesome, though. <laughs> it sounds like a Mega Man boss, Lightning Jaeger. I think that might be a thing. That sounds too cool for it to come off the top of my head. It does sound very familiar. But I can't find anything on it. Damn, fuck. Well, it's somebody's username on Reddit. So, mm, no, it's not. It's just a compound. You know what? That's my new new, new web novel coming to you, Lightning Jaeger. <laughs> It's the name someone gave for the Rocket League fashion car. Oh, that's stupid. <laughs> Who plays Rocket League? We do when we have nothing else to do. Uh, that's true. Well, that has been all for our Patreon AMA questions. Uh, join the Patreon and, uh, you know, hey, ask questions. We'd like to thank all our patrons, including the one who didn't ask questions. We'd like to thank Moe Soda, Ikea Plant, and Mellow, as well as Darth. Is his name Darth Egg? Yeah, it's Darth Egg. Sorry, I'm bad with names. Yeah, Darth Egg. I think Darth, Darth Egg. Egg was a very recent comer, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's the latest. That's our latest patron. But yeah, we like, thank you. Joined the server four days ago. <laughs> but thank you guys for supporting us. You help the podcast go on. And the support is always appreciated. But, you know, if you can't pay for the Patreon, you don't want to do anything like that, you just can't, you know, like you just can't uh, afford it or something along those lines, then hey, just listening to the episodes, that's the that's amazing support right there. Yeah. And we appreciate you for it. So, so much. Anyways, uh, enough with... <laughs> speaking, speaking of paltry sentimentality, <laughs> Evangelion. Woo! 3.33 and also 3.0 plus 1.0. It's a mouthful. Technically, we watched 3.0 plus 1.01. <laughs>
Yeah, I saw the in the title card, and they just cannot decide on a name for these fucking numbers. Like well, it, basically, it used to be like Evangelion 1.0, and then the second one was 2.0, and third was 3.0, and then like 1.11, 2.22, 3.33. I'm like, stop, stop. What is this GitHub? <laughs> well, I think that's because Anno said looked at it and said, "There's some animation flaws there. Let's redo it." And then they said, well, here's the new movie, 1.11. And then he said, wait, wait, wait. This one's got animation errors, too. 2.22. We'll get it the third time. Koro's hair is too white in this scene. God damn it. I want it all to be mo-capped. I don't have enough. I don't have enough CG in this, in this movie. All right. So, 3.0 are you cannot redo. And what a redo we cannot do. Mm-hmm. So, basic thing to learn about this is that this takes place 14 years after the events of the second movie. And uh, this is going to be heavy spoilers for the first two movies, so if you haven't watched those, uh, get ganked. Get ganked. So... At the end of the last one, third impact happened and then was stopped by Kaoru, who just came from downtown and said, I'm in this movie now. And then that happened, 14 years passed, everything is red. Yeah. Everything is red. And at first I said, why is everything red? And Anno said, because things were coronized. And I said, what does that mean? What do you mean it was coronized? Yeah. And Anno shrugged. <laughs> That's basically the new version, the repo version of getting tanged. Yeah, it's basically it. So 14 years have passed and they find Shinji in a cross-shaped bunker box with the Eva 01. And also an angel, I guess. And there's no ray... He didn't save Ray. He doesn't have the the lance in him. He's just floating out there. They say, "Oh, we're gonna he, let, crack him open, put a call a choker on him because we like our kinky stuff." And they <laughs> said, "Hey, we don't trust you, and you don't trust us." And he said, "But I do trust you." And he said, "Well, uh, <laughs> sucks for you. <laughs> this is Willie." See, immediate question is. How did he get in that box? Who put him there? Who put him in space? How did he get in space? How long has he been in space? All of these unanswered. Yeah, all of these unanswered. And the and 3.0 decides the, that it's going to go the choose-your-own-adventure route and make you decide what the answer is. Mm-hmm. And I guess that's kind of fun. But if you had not seen that post credit scene where Kaoru just straight up came from... God, it stopped the third, or I guess, didn't stop it. He just put it on hold. Yeah. Then you would be like, I don't understand what is going on at all. And even after seeing that, you're still basically saying, I don't know what's going on at all. So Will A has a big CGI fight with the Evas that was really cool. But went on for way too long. Yeah. And Mari kept singing throughout the entire first half. As she is wont to do. Yeah. Mari was quickly becoming more and more annoying. 
mm-hmm. in this movie. Asuka's there with a cool eye patch. Doesn't say anything about that. It's just, I've got an eye patch now. Pirates are cool. <laughs> Yar, baka. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they bring Shinji in, and Asuka tries to punch some uh, some plexiglass, and he's all like, dang, why is she mad? Make me rustled in my Crocs. <laughs> and Misato's all like, "I'm, I'm the team. I'm Team Gurren's leader now." <laughs> and the new Ray comes and says, "Hey, Shiji, get out of here. We're g- <laughs> get in the car, bitch. We're going shopping." Yeah. So one thing you kind of learn slowly is that after Third Impact, which they call it the near third impact or N3I, which they could just call it third impact. Come on now. But Nerve has split into two factions. You got Gendo and Fuyutsuki along with Ray and all the other Ray clones. And I guess that's it. Uh, they're trying to reinitiate fourth impact. And then you have everyone else who is anti-Nerve or Willie. Willie. Who are trying to stop them. And they have Misato, um, Ritsuko, all the bridge bunnies, as well as some additional ones. Um, Asuka, Mari. The girl with the bob was absolutely doing it for me. Oh, the pink hair? Yeah. Yeah, she looked like she was straight from Space Dandy. I am a simple man. I see pink hair. I say, that's my waifu. Yeah, she had those really pucker lips, too, which... It's always funny whenever I see that. But, hmm. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, it's cool to see this new timeline of Eva. Mm-hmm. But I was, I, I, it was kind of like watching Eva for the first time again because I did not know entirely at any moment what was happening 100%. Mm-hmm. Also, shout out to Ano just wait, this hand-waving the whole 14 years thing. I was like, what? if it's been 14 years, Asuka, why do you look the same? <sighs> this is just the curse of Ava. And I'm like, okay, sure, of course. We gotta keep these kids f- from growing up. Quick, That's give exactly, me something. It's exactly how I felt. It's the curse of Ava. I said, okay, great, fantastic. But... Uh, then it kept going. Shinji gets into gets into new nerve or pseudo nerve. And Kaoru says, Hey, guess what? I'm horny. Let's go play piano. <laughs> uh, yeah, I forgot about Kaoru. Yeah. And Kaoru and Ray's all like, What's a book? What's a what's a bath? What's a shower? <laughs> well, that was more in the next in the next movie. Yeah, but at this point she was still just being classic, classic Q Ray, and I was just kind of I thought it was cool now there's one thing that I like spoilers of all these movies this is my least favorite the third one Mm -hmm. but the sheer set designs that are in this one I love I think more so than even some of the original set pieces and the original Eva yeah because everything has that dilapidated yet still functional look yeah and I, I love that kind of aesthetic you know sort of like Horizon Zero Dawn where or aged, aged, ad- advanced aging. Yeah. If that's a, such a thing. Like, 
I got these cables moved across this facility and it's working. It's a mess, but I'm just literally one guy. I cannot clean this, so I'm not going to bother. Yeah, th- that kind of aesthetic. I'm living in a I'm living in a basically dilapidated short out shut out storage unit next to this core. It works. It's nothing I can do about it. Mm-hmm. I have placed this here in this like trees growing through abandoned buildings. That's one of my favorite aesthetics. Yeah, like Last of Us. Yeah, Last of Us, exactly. I was trying to think of more films that kind of re- that kind of lent on that, but they're generally all zombie flicks or post-apocalyptia, which I know is obvious because some time yeah. would have to pass. But I am legend. I am legend. I like that. I like that kind of setup. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Yeah, they're all zombies. Yeah, they are all zombies. I stand. I I stand correct. <laughs> uh, so that's. I, I really like the atmosphere of New Nerve, and I like. Shin, I like. I like Gendo's new shades. They're, yeah, they're they're pretty cool in sci-fi. I I miss the uh, the classic circular glasses. Yeah, but they to they quote make Demolition him- D. It's like I've, but I'm keeping the shades because they're baller as fuck. <laughs> Can't see the haters with these shades on. <laughs> when my wife comes back, she's going to see these shades and be like, damn, why did I ever leave you? <laughs> and I'm going to say, come here, baby. I've abandoned our son. This is what Gendo sounds like in the dub. Get in the mech, Shinji. <laughs> it's not what he actually sounds like, but this is what I would. This is what he should sound like. Listen, you fucking idiot. You get your ass in the goddamn mech. <laughs> he starts at the JFK. It's just, Listen here, you idiot. You better get in that mech right now. Or I'm going to be so cross. <laughs> Gendo as Richard Nixon. Get in the mech, Sinji. Oh, you better get in that mech. Or uh, Gendo's going to be angry. Get in the Mac. I am not a crook. Haru. (laughs) Gendo as Barack Obama. Let me be clear. Shinji, I need you to get into the mech. My my fellow Nervians, it is time we (laughs) make third impact. It is desperate that we do this because as Nerve, we have to let the angels die. <laughs> and the, just, 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 just replace Gendo with any president in their new movie. <laughs> There'd only be one Eva film if it was Joe Biden because he'd fall asleep during the first fight. <laughs> oh. Oh, me. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Uh, fell asleep. Just fell asleep. <laughs> just Shinji's just like, but I don't want to pilot Mecha. And Gendo Bion's like, would you shut up, man? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So. Uh, what are we talking about? Where are we? <laughs> <laughs> so, so what they happened to pe- this movie? Uh, they they said. Ano said, I'm not going to be Eva anymore. I don't know if this is going to be a thing in the future, but we, uh, we're we Aquarion now. 
Yeah. We're Quarion or uh, we're Quarion and uh Darling in the Franks. I'm tired of doing one player mechs. Yeah, it definitely felt like even with 14 years in the future, it felt like uh Anno was trying to stray away from Evangelion and said, "I want to be more like some of my other works, like Gurren Lagann or uh uh was a Gunbuster or you know any of the other stuff. What's, what's Trigger doing? What's my old colleagues doing? Spiral stuff, kill a kill, beast, uh, not be, BNA, uh, Dolly and the Franks. I like that. I want more of that. And so he got it. <laughs> I feel like that really is kind of the case just because. The, I mean, like, obviously a remake shouldn't be beheld to the original. Yeah. But it, it's kind of interesting that he just says. Dual player mechs. That's what the kids like, right? And I mean, it's cool in design. I mean, who? I mean, is it, I think I think the two player mech component is always great whenever I see it. Yeah. Because you you've got to stop getting mad at me. I can't help it. You cheated <laughs> on the math test. <laughs> I mean, that's fun for me personally because I like drama like that. But but it definitely felt like the tone for the the movie was straying way far from Evangelion like the when I think of Evangelion I think of like angelic mechs but still signed like in the realm of realism because you know you had that umbilical cable cable and its internal battery which is basically shit which is still I love that little detail that state-of-the-art technology as advanced as it possibly can be and you get five minutes of runtime hmm Meanwhile, in 3.33, you have the Wunda, which is a battleship that can fly and has giant metallic eagle wings. And you wanted me to say say this in the pod, but its engine is a hooked up Ava Unit 1. So that's what makes it possible for it to fly and have this halo propelling it forward. And I'm like, wait. Well, yeah, if God is your engine, anything's possible, I guess. <laughs> Go slap that in a, in a Lifeway <laughs> store or something. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I guess the premise of Eva is never to be grounded by technically scientific constraints. Mm-hmm. Really and truly, it's never been. I mean, I think just in general it's about the using cool names and having cool things happen while underscoring it with emotional you know sort of emotional and nihilist not nihilistic but existential sort of discussions Mm -hmm. which i like but in this film in particularly it seemed kind of until the end did it really grace us with you know more sort of discussions and thoughts on you know grief and all that especially with Hey, Shinji, you caused the apocalypse. Great going there, bud. Yeah. And then it's not really your fault, but kind of is, you know, sorry. And he's just left in grief. And then Kaori says, come on, champ, you'll be fine. Let's be best friends. I'll (laughs) grace. You are worthy of my grace and all that. And Shinji's like, cool. All right. Things aren't uh, things aren't so bad after all, but. A the Shinji is not so just and I don't know if this is the proper setup that they were trying to accomplish. He doesn't seem so emotionally dedicated to Kaoru. Yeah. Like 
the TV series one was Kaoru. I love you so much. I love you. Goodness gracious, you're the only person who's ever given me attention. Please. This one's kind of like, yeah, Kaoru, we're, we're really great friends. I like it and when we play piano. I like it when we play piano. But, which I guess is kind of the point, which we'll get in the next, the last film. But I I really like their relationship. I guess that's something that I still have a complaint with is that it never seems like they get too connected to where when Kaoru inevitably does what Kaoru does, <laughs> it, it doesn't feel like that sort of agony is completely well-deserved. I, but I don't know. For me, it feels like it less of, oh no, Kaoru got exploded. That hurts me because he was the first person I felt a deep, genuine connection to. And more of, oh no, Kairu's dead because of something I did. Add that to the leaderboard of people I feel bad died because of something I did. <laughs> Add that to the leaderboard. <laughs> bad th- the list of bad things Shinji did. I've all I've caused the apocalypse twice. <laughs> hmm. Oh, and Shinji do what Shinji do. Because he goes to cause an apocalypse again. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know if this is something that maybe you would find a complaint in, but this film, before all others, seemed more about the focus of spectacle. Because when they finally got down to where Lilum was, yeah, the, just the skull graveyard, I said, yeah, that's cool, but why? I it, definitely it was constant- feel that. That was constantly something that I was kind of having with these this movie in particular. Yeah, floating battleships and a halo, and a halo ship is cool, but why? Why are we doing this? Yeah, in the original end of Ava, you had like a sort of skull graveyard, but it was uh, Ava Unit Zero prototypes, you know, and the spinal column hold up in like an assembly line, and. Mm-hmm. That had the image of, wow, look at all, look at this row of corpses, but also look at this row of failed prototypes. We got to put them somewhere. Right. But this one is just a pile of skulls, and you always see a pile of skulls, never like any rib cages or collarbones or like uh, femurs. It's always just the skull. Right. And then you have... Not only the the lance of Longinus, but the lance of Cassius. And I'm like, who is Cassius? Because, like, you know, Longinus is the guy who uh, put the spear into Jesus at the end of his crucifixion. So it has some kind of tie there. And I'm like, well, who's Cassius? It's Longinus' other name. Yeah. It's like... (laughs) It's like if you have the... uh, Going back to our president analogy, the lance of the the bullet of Kennedy. I'm like, wow, it has such meaning. And then you have another one, the bullet of Fitzgerald. I'm like, who is Fitzgerald? That was just his middle name. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't exactly feeling that myself either. (laughs) I mean, and there's so much in that that is that in that particular film is just for the cool for the cools yeah it's a double pilot eva for the cools it's a pulling spears out of this corpse for the cools it's another the another impact for the cools <laughs> and 
I mean, like, yes, if I wanted to, there's a lot of symbology I could probably dissect. But when it seems like it's so paper thin Mm -hmm. that I'm not getting invested in it like the original Eva or these previous films, I just don't want to question, well, what does the symbology mean? Yeah. I won't deny that a lot of the symbology we we tie to the original Ava and end of Ava can be like re- reading way too far into it just for the sake of finding patterns. But at least it has some kind of consistent structure with each other. But this, it felt like Anna was getting way too meta with it and just adding things for people to attach symbolism to so that they can do the work for him. Mm-hmm. Especially when you have, in this movie and the next one, just oodles and oodles of angels and evangelions and, like, multiple atoms, Ava 9 Opfer type, Angel 44A, 44B, 4444 Theta, or what, something like that. Right. I mean... I get it. There's a lot of cool designs that could be implemented in that first that first angel that's going to surround them and it explode. Yeah. From the very first part of the film, that's a really cool angel design and it's fundamentally interesting and I do like again, I'm not saying that this is a bad movie because it deviates from the Eva norm. I'm saying that it's just a ba- it's not even a bad movie. It's just maybe having that intellectual property on you really does damage that expectation. Mm -hmm. If this had been something like the third, if this was the third film in a new series of films, that was something like, I don't know, new, new beginning Revon Melion. I'd be like, (laughs) Oh wow. Revon Melion. You're really going somewhere with this. This is kind of cool, but it's Ava. And so I'm kind of just, stuck in that sort of moat that uh, I can't see past this. I can see past the the IP, but overall, I'm still constrained in the fact that this has some quality issues to begin with. Yeah, I see where you're going. It's like all right. of this stuff on its own is very cool. Like the the flying wonder ship, the uh, all these angel and Ava types, which would be really cool on its own, but... Because it's that Evangelion IP, there, it seems like Anno feels this need to include all of this stuff to make it feel like more Ava, when if it was his own thing, would be solid on its own. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of, that, yeah, in a way. In a way. I think my, I think, well, I think my more focus is that it's beheld, it's a curse and a blessing. It's beheld to Ava. And it's also, you know, it's serviced to Ava. Mm-hmm. So there's two kind of just problems there in itself. And again, one of the things that we were constantly watching through it, we were getting annoyed with was Mari. And it's not because we're like, oh, Mari wasn't in the original. It was just because Mari was new and did annoying things to us. Yeah. But. Mari felt very much like a Mary Sue in that she, not only could she not fail, but was getting so too buddy-buddy with all these other characters that felt undeserved. Mm-hmm. Which, one of my pet peeves throughout this entire rebuild is everyone calling each other these nicknames constantly. Especially in the heat of battle, where 
Asuka's calling her four-eyed crony when fourth impact is about to happen. And I'm like, I'm sure it would save you time if you just called her Mari. Right. And I've been in the in the heat of the moment and the furthest thing from my mind is calling someone this cutesy little nickname. Right. There's also there's also just the sheer fact that even if you're going into this film new, which I don't think anybody really would be, you know, I think this film is for new fans of Eva, but a lot of the returning fans are going, or a lot of the returning people are going to be old fans. So you know the trauma that all these main casts have already gone through. So there's that connection. But Mari doesn't seem to have any sort of emotional turmoil or problems. She's just, hi, I'm here. I'm Mari. Mm-hmm. And so there's no sort of validity to her as a character. It's just, yeah, it is kind of Mary Sue. Mm-hmm. So there's just. Mari, ru- Mari ruined my Eva. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what actually happened in this movie. The only huge things of note are Karu coming into the scene and being that catalyst for Shinji and Shinji causing fourth impact. And, you know, a lot of what happens in 3.33 uh, sets the stage for what's going to happen in 3.0 plus 1.0. But there's also that feeling that fourth impact is just a stand-in for third impact, which didn't finish. And it, if it feels like, like you said, it was just put on pause. Like, Ano took this, like, this movie went on direction of Third impact is happening, but earlier this time, what a divergence. And then the story said, oh, wait, we got to introduce Kaoru and some of this other stuff. Um, Put a pin in that. We'll come back to it later. So it feels like this movie is halfway in between serving the previous one and the next one and not really having any kind of purpose on its own. Also, considering the fact that all the movies are at least two hours long, and this one was, what, an hour and a half? Yeah, it was the shortest of the four. Yeah. Yeah, I I got that kind of of feel, feel too. It felt like a rising action that had to occur for the last movie to occur. Mm -hmm. And there was no sort of just intensity of the plot being moved along in a grand way. It just felt kind of like... We know the car is going to crank, but we have to have it sputter a couple of times so that when it finally does crank and go somewhere, it adds more to the actual story and plot, you know, and actual set the mood. Yeah. So that's kind of what I was feeling from it. And overall, I mean, it's my least favorite of the three film or four films. And if I had to rewatch if I had to rewatch any four of them, I would not. This one would be my very last. Actually, it wouldn't because that fourth film is two and a half hours long. <laughs> I do not have time to set aside part of my day for a movie. <laughs> uh. mm. I had to do a little. St- we do a little stretchy stretch. Just a little break. Just, Just a little I- break. I think we're done with this one. We can move into 3.0 plus 1.0. I do have to say, though, that final scene of them walking through the red earth mm-hmm. was really cool. Oh, and yeah. if I had to if I had to wait 
for about like eight years for the next part, then yeah, I could get the hype. I could see how people would have such a hype over the this this final film. So we're moving on to the next one. Uh, yeah, moving on to the next one. This next one is Evangelion. <laughs> Next one is Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0, Thrice Upon a Time. Cool name, question mark? Uh, it's very... The subtitle, the subtitle is very cool, but the 3.0 plus 1.0 is a mouthful. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting sort of... Uh, it's kind of an interesting sort of take. I I like how... Well, let's just say well, we all had to think about this movie, and maybe it's blowing our load prematurely, but we stare like it's a neon genesis. <laughs> Both of us were just like, what the fuck? Uh, this is reaching meta levels I didn't think were possible. <laughs> It'd be even more bad if Shinji turned to the camera and said, what did you think happened? And I said, I don't know. I was just, imagine if Shinji turned to the camera, started clapping and said, congratulations. <laughs> Talking to the audience. All right. So this film starts off in a way that I thought was going to go in a different direction. We were all saying, town's got to go. Town's got to go. Yeah. Because when we started it, it was it became like a post-apocalyptic slice of life. Mm-hmm. Where it was Shinji just moping, doing what Shinji does best. And just a slice of life, daily things. Ray was learning how to be a human. Mm-hmm. What is breathing? What is food? What is sweat? What is potato? Well, one thing we can't forget is the opening sequence in France, Paris, France, where everything's red and we have a uh, mixed bag of an action scene. A lot of cool stuff and a lot of really silly stuff. Yeah... I didn't care for that scene. Oh, you didn't nearly. You did like nearly. the seeing of a, a different nerve branch. Yeah, I liked seeing a different nerve branch, but I guess from that moment on, I thought the film was going to go in a different direction, yeah. which isn't a bad thing. I thought it was going to be more focused on them recovering Europe, the European div- division of nerve, mm-hmm. and seeing sort of like the other side of the the coin. And instead, it immediately flopped over to, you know, this sort of backwoods survivalist town. Yeah. So, apparently, in the last movie, uh, Ava Unit Mari, I can't remember what its code name is, but lost it lost both of its arms. It's the pink unit. Lost both of its arms, and for this fight scene, was given a rotating gimbal with mm-hmm. two armaments attached to it which seems really weird that they could develop this as well as an inter- a custom interface to control it but they couldn't attach two regular sized arms onto it right which 
leads to my issue with the rebuilds and that it seems like it's producing a lot of angels and Ava variants for potential toy releases. Hmm. I don't, I don't know about toy releases. It just feels like, it feels to me like there was a lot of ideas that they wanted to implement as far as Eva designs go. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's some things that they just didn't get to use because of the direction that Eva took, or maybe these are things that they just wanted to show off. Yeah. I, I don't I don't think any kids can go, Hey mommy, can I get the depressed Shinji action figure? <laughs> With real existential action? I I just think it was more of a just a cool idea they had because I think it is cool to me. It's just I didn't that action scene again had a cool set piece going on. They were above a red France in the sky. Mm-hmm. It, it seems to just fluctuate by the rule of cool. They throw the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was just a rule of cool fight to mm-hmm. me, and or what it seemed like to me in particular. A lot of stuff that are really weird on both sides. You have Willy with its circling fan of flying battleships. And then you have Nerve, which has combined Avas and Angels somehow. And also has the, the stupidest thing I've ever seen, where it's those uh, two lower halves of Avas attached to each other while they're, uh, while they're goose-stepping, holding a lightning rod type thing right to give energy towards the positron rifle angel which is you know four angels avas combined into one and Mm -hmm. it's kind of a neat callback that they brought in the positron rifle but you know there's a lot going on plus you have the 44As, which are just flying machines, basically drones that are flying around and being breathed on and being destroyed. Right. But that's kind of what I was saying, is that entire fight is a rule of cool. I thought the generator Evas were cool that they were going to, you know, that they were basically there just servicing this, this weapon. Yeah. And using the battle shields as a shield... I thought that was really cool. Like, that's a neat idea. So that entire fight to me, especially the surrounding environment, was just legitimately, wouldn't it be cool if this entire city was red? So I just thought it would be really cool if this entire this entire just setup was just like this way. And that, I think that's what Ano's sort of idea was. It'd be cool if this happened. It'd be cool if this happened. Yeah. Which... I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I feel like that's far from the spirit of Evangelion. And that it's rule of cool for its own sake. Whereas, you know, the originals, it did have its rule of cool, but it served the story or the set piece. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, because it's a movie, it felt like it needed to open with an action scene to get the audience hooked. Right. Well, I mean, the next until I think I had to do that because immediately opening it with that, you know, those ventures into that lonely town would mm-hmm. kind of just it, it would be too on the nose. They wander indefinitely. They get picked up and they get brought there. It would just feel it, it would feel really story wise. So I get why they did it. And I think the scene, you know, it functions as a hype factor. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be that. It's CG, so it's bad. 
but the fights we saw in the second and first movies are way better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the CG is actually pretty good as far as you know, as far as CG goes. Maybe not in the third one because they got really gratuitous and mm. you know didn't really have any need to be CG. But it was right. really good in the fights here. See, I have my ups and low up points and low points with the fights in this new film. I mean, there's really only two of them, two fights. <laughs> yeah, but that last fight goes on forever. Mm-hmm. So they get picked up, and they—I mean, when they go to that town, I was kind of living that. That was a fun. That I liked that. The, yeah, thinking back on it. When they were in the town, that was the best part of the movie, arguably. And hmm. arguably, you know, I mean, one of like the I'm best parts. Okay, definitely going to argue then. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, it it showed, like, all the, all the people who are left behind after Third Impact and how they're managing to live. And it shows that it's not just the core cast who are in this world it's this settlement and possibly dozens and dozens of others across the world who are just trying to make do. And it's right. this nice little this nice little slice of resilient hope in this world where it's possibly going to end any second now. Right. And that world building is nice, especially the establishment of credit. How they exist in this world that's been, you know, experienced for impacts. Mm hmm. I liked that. I really liked that scene. And we, again, we had total different expectations when they were showing the headless units that were surrounding the village. We thought, oh, those are going to break. Everybody's going to die. We attack on Titan now. Yeah, we attack on Titan now. <laughs> but uh, no, it did not go in that direction, which I was thoroughly surprised by. But I didn't say I didn't, I wouldn't, un- I didn't unenjoy it. Yeah. But then it went somewhere else. And. I just, I don't know. The exploding ray. (laughs) 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 Got a very unwarranted chuckle. It's such a fun time. Bloop. Ah! I guess that's kind of the theme of the, of these last two movies. We thought it was going to go this way and then it went somewhere else. Right. Which I think is exactly the point of this film, this film series, is that the first film, oh, this is going exactly as planned, and then a Kaoru saying, or maybe not, and then, oh, this is going kind of exactly as planned, and then it did not, and now it's just, where are we? What are we doing? Where are we going? Mm -hmm. Because when the movie actually focuses on the final fight, what they declare the final fight in universe, that's when things got really just unnervingly eva for me i would say super robot eva yeah when they passed into the second impact zone and it was that kind of environment it honestly scared me where it was uh all the ships were starting to sprout wings well they were all sprouting wings and it was a massive sort of red blood sphere yeah that they had decided they delved into very i think trying to be reminiscent of a idealized version of hell as they were diving, especially with the, oh my gosh, when they had the, you know, the dead Eva, the Eva units, the infinite Evas. Yeah. That was such an environmental reckoning for me. I was very haunted by that. 
just those bodies flying around, especially as they were fighting through them. It was insane, insane sort of set piece for me in particular. Yeah. That fight, that I mean, like you saying, arguably the the that scene where they were um where they were in the village was the best part. I was going to disagree because this part, just for the sheer uh, desperation, the fight was to find Nerve headquarters in this second impact zone was so intense, especially as they lapsed into that sort of what I was going to say. Anna just said, "We in hell now, this hell." <laughs> yeah. And I, I thought it was really intense and really cool as they were battling through it. I guess I will need to rewatch that scene uh, after you said that to, you know, reevaluate it. My whole issue with this movie is that the, the fight scenes were, you know, not as engaging as I would like them to be, but the very personable moments, the character-driven moments. Like the, like Ray in the village, which we kept shitting on because she's like, "What is work? What is blushing? What is why? Is, why are they holding hands?" But mm-hmm. looking back on, it's uh, you know, similar to. Well, looking back on, it's that Ray trying to be more of a person and trying to be, you know, something that Shinji would enjoy being around, and. Mm-hmm looking for ways to connect with people and you know seeing Toji and Kinski you know enjoying their life making the best with what they have and you know looking like they're succeeding it was very very endearing and you know seeing Asuka trying to work her shit out Shinji trying not to be depressed and slowly working up and Rei being the keystone for all of that and it was very delightful, as well as the heart to heart between Shinjo, uh, Shinjo and Genji. Shinjo, <laughs> between Shinji and Gendo at the very end, and them having that classic Evangelion style introspection. That was the most enjoyable part for me. Hmm. Even though it was basically Gendo saying, "Huh, I should not be a shitty parent." God, that solves everything. I, it's basically, that's basically what it was. It was Gendo just saying, huh, maybe if I wasn't such a bad human being, things wouldn't go so poorly. And then Shinji said, maybe it wouldn't, you stupid piece of shit. <laughs> maybe if I paid attention it. to my son, then we would both be happy. And I said, yep, what a concept. <laughs> I could use a little parental supervision myself. Yeah, I that ain't insane. That ain't insane. But mm-hmm. the fight up to that point, especially with the, although I did hate some of the tropes it fell onto with the, there's this ship has four designs. Where's the fourth then? <laughs> I said they're was... like, what's that? I said, could it be the fourth ship? It's the fourth ship. Oh, surprise! Stupid. If they if they hinted at that way earlier, like. This is the wonder. It's one of the four ships Nerve made. We stole it, and now it's ours. And then in mm-hmm. the final fight, we see, oh, there's the second one. There's the third one. But wait, there's a fourth one somewhere. Mm-hmm. In- instead, it was basically Ritsuko saying, hey, wait a minute. They built four of these. Where's the fourth one? <laughs> there it is. 
Yeah, if they had predicated that this that sequence instead of just immediately going the four ships, where's the fourth one? Badoom. Mm-hmm. Then it would have been more of a uh, wow factor moment, but instead it just felt kind of very hackneyed and cliche. Yeah, a very if you're here and I'm <laughs> and I'm here, then where's the baby? To you know that that kind of mm. kind of writing. Cut to the baby crying while on the end of a tightrope, <laughs> hanging over a chasm, wily coyote style. Right. Oh exactly. no, my baby. My baby. Superman, help. <laughs> Superman, please. Superman, that hoe. <laughs> Who would win? Superman or Unit 13? Whoa. Yeah. yeah, that. that. <laughs> Although, I, I liked a lot of that fight. I liked a lot of that fight, that entire sequence, especially Asuka going, I was about to say, going down on a unit 13. <laughs> but saying, I'm about to stab this dude in the, my own AT field. What? Yeah. You're afraid? I ain't afraid of nothing. Time to go, Briz. Time to go, Angel Mode. Uh, as a uh, as pull as I felt, I do like that concept of a unit being stopped by its own AT field. Yeah, that's out like, of all- that's really esoteric. I mean, I really like that just because of the nature that these Evas are constantly shown that they have their own will. Mm-hmm. There's will in these Evas, and this Eva says, "Nope, nope, 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 nope. That's gonna kill me." So I oh, like that. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Like. This will be the end of me, and my primal instincts are saying no. Right, that's what I thought it was. In that heightened moment, it was the Eva rejecting, destroying itself, and then Eva, and Asuka basically saying, nope, I'm an angel now, so I don't care about you, and you're an yeah. angel too. Which I wasn't a big fan of, personally. I mean, I th- it is a cool callback. It is a cool callback, because we never got sort of well, was Angel 9 exposed from Asuka? No, she basically just went full on Parasite with it. Yeah. Cool concept. I feel like it's, again, something that Ano had stacked up in his ideas for Eva early on. That's the thing with this movie. There's a lot of really cool concepts and also a lot of really silly concepts. And they're mm-hmm. just blended right next to each other back to back. Mm-hmm. Like the whole... like. There was this whole questioning thing of this Asuka being a clone of the original, which, you know, sort of makes sense because I think that it would be more far-fetched if the Asuka who is fucking chomped somehow came back with naught but a, a busted eye. Right. But then you had that weird thing of her pulling out this this uh angel suppression device out of her fucking brain through her eye. And it says, I'm an angel now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's basically confirmed She there are Asuka clones through this movie. Yeah. Which I, I liked. I thought that was kind of a neat sort of revelation. And it makes sense. It does make sense. It doesn't feel ass. It doesn't feel like an extreme amount of ass poolery. But the other Asuka saying, hey, it's me, you. It's you, me, yeah. <laughs> it's me, you. Well, let's get going. Okay, goodbye. And then the cum monster angel just tra- takes over the wounder. 
<laughs> Summarizing this movie is tough. It is. And then you have like Mari going full beast mode again on command, which I cannot stand that she can just snap her fingers and go berserk when, you know, previously it was this big diehard moment of last resort. And it's basically the Ava's going berserk on their own, taking the reins from the pilots. Meanwhile, Mari is turning Unit 02 into a Yif monster. <laughs> and then she's uh, gobbling up all these other angels like, my Unit 9 plus 11 plus 12 plus 13. I'm like, shut up. Shut yeah, up. I, yeah, I, I kind of felt the same answer. Like, you don't have, why are you combining all these Eva's into a Giga Eva? What are you going to do? You're not the main character. What are you doing? I'm Eva plus two, plus three, plus four. It's just, Mari, go away. I do not care. <laughs> Even in passing, she's like, thank you, Ava plus eight, plus nine, plus ten, plus eleven, plus twelve. God, I hate Mari. Not a Mari fan either more. Fan of design, not fan of character. Yeah. That's <laughs> Even more so when Fuyusuki just passingly calls her... Mary Iscariot, and I, my eyes rolled back into my head. That's yeah. probably the stupidest thing to come from the rebuilds is Mary Iscariot, which not only is a contra, it's just a mashing of terms, like, like edgy teenager who read the Bible, Bible cliff notes and decided to write a fanfic, but also it doesn't really serve anything for the story. There's no virgin birth, there's no betrayal of jesus whoever jesus would be in this situation she's just there bible fanfic you mean the book of mormon oh my god he did it (laughs) craig cut that out cut that out get ducked on joseph smith (laughs) please don't take that out of this This dunking is more gold than your tablets Oh ear, my ear, god. Ear. Oh my god. We respect our Mormon fans if we have any, although I don't see why you'd listen to us. <laughs> but <laughs> sorry. Sorry, you just said that that popped in my mind and I was <laughs> Hey, if we got yeah, any Mormon fans uh listening to us, be sure to share us with your sister wives. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Fantastic. So it's it, and then Shinji and his dad, after deciding, his dad says, "No, I'm not backing down. I want to hang out with my wife in the in the Tang." Yeah. Shinji says, "I I'm gonna fight you with Evil One. Let's go with these lances." And they fight, and it's just we keep doing the same thing. It's because we're the same character. Yeah. Oh, remember <laughs> that one in thirteen bullcrap I said way earlier? Yeah, yeah, same thing. Dang, so what's going to happen? Tang, Tang's going to happen. Let's fight through different landscapes of Eva. Then she's like, you th- have you considered that you're maybe a bad parent? And Gettle's like, oh, shit, you might be right. All right, I I, I give up. After, after Eva says, let's do this cool kaleidoscope thing that's going to give you, like, bad vibes, even if you're not high. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was vibing, but then I like I liked it. It was cool animation, but then it was popped through the set. You're in a Tatsunoko production. I said, <laughs> What's going on here? Where are we at? What is happening? Yeah, some of it was really cool. Like I genuinely like the uh, visual of the Evas fighting in. I guess it was 
Misato's room where they usually have dinner. Because it's like, it's that nice uh, introspective thing of like dreamscape visuals. It's like, I am this Ava and we're fighting in a place I'm comfortable with and it's making me uncomfortable. You're invading my my uh, comfort zone and or something like that which so so I generally like that but it does get pretty weird pretty quick mhm yeah especially as it goes through according to Eva Geeks and the Evangelion wiki different alter different continuities of Ava yeah so they very well could have been fighting in I don't know the Shinji Akari raising project <laughs> Or uh, the Shinji Akari Detective Club or whatever. Yeah, wasn't there a detective one too? There was. So, <laughs> who knows? Who can understand what was going on? I mean, it's cool. It's a cool set piece moment. I mean, I love that sort of meta fiction, that sort of meta element to it. Yeah. It's it's really cool, especially if you are a bigger fan of Eva and like engaged in every single eva property because you loved it that much it would be very rewarding but it it, it basically just went the same way you were saying it was misato said all right i'm just gonna give the kid the license to be god here it is the new lance yeah they basically make their own lances now make their own lances and gendo said wait what are you doing uh telling you you're a terrible father hmm you know Maybe it is my fault. And then Shinji, I'm going to make a new world now. Yeah. Here we go. And then Yui and Gendo said, no, we'll do it. We don't want you to die. But then we also got long hair Ray, which really did a lot for oh, me. Did so much. Fucking hell. Long haired Ray. Where are you at? Where have you been in my life? Where is the figure? Where is the figure? Where is the merchandise? Where is the shaving kit? Where is the <laughs> bath soap? Where is the where is the facial tissues? Where is this Merchano that you so despise? Uh, <sighs> best I can do is some posters and stickers on Redbubble. And get a t-shirt too. Ooh, a t-shirt. Where is the long-haired... Where is the long-haired Ray Akuzi for when I want a when I want a cool beverage with something cooler? <laughs> Where is the long-haired Ray acoustic foam for my podcasting setup? Where is the long-haired Ray alternate you alternate reality spin-off manga light novel series? Where, where is where is the Ray X Yui Dojin? Where is the long-haired Ray uh, long-haired Ray Fudinari Dojin. Where's that? Where Where is that, Ano? You promised it. You said we could have it. And then you said, no, we can't have any of it. There is no more Eva. <laughs> About because... to make me go Gendo and restart Ava just so I can get that long-haired Ray. <laughs> Ano said, I'm done with Ava. And I said, I'm not. <laughs> Hano basically said, I have made it so that there can be no more Ava. No Ava reality exists anymore. Shinji killed it. Shinji did it, not me. There it goes. Goodbye. 
if you make any more Eva products, they can't be Eva because otherwise that's not true to my project. <laughs> and I said, what a bold, cl- what a bold action to just lock the door with people still inside and put the <laughs> chain on and say, you can't go anywhere. Bye bye. You're going. <laughs> <laughs> that's basically what he did he said this neon genesis <laughs> it was know. a cool visual though of uh shinji stabbing himself in the ava and it's stabbing through him into ava after ava after ava and as, as well as some of the other ava angels even the mm-hmm. silly ones at the start of the movie which silly as it looked wasn't was necessary I mean, I thought the coolest thing of the movie that just made me gush was when they were talking about, you know, past lives or timelines, and there were scenes from the original Evangelion in the background on a projector. Yeah. And then it culminated with the original lo- with the lo- original logo. I said, yo, did these <laughs> pants shrink or did something in my pants get bigger? <laughs> because that's cool. I love that kind of meta narrative. There's nothing cooler to me than... I love time loops, but the characters realize they're time loops. Yeah. Love that. And I especially love when there is that meta narrative aspect of, you mean this is a manga? Yeah, it's a manga. So I'm just a character? Yeah. Yeah. Previous timelines are actually, I love that. I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the, mm. ho- the final action of, of Shinji saying, I am ending Evangelion, not just here and now, but for all time and all reality. (laughs) I could see Anno's hand in the back of Shinji's head when he said that. No more Eva. How long do you think it'll be before they make something new, you know? Uh, How long was it between the original series and the movies? Hmm. Was it 20 years? It can't be 20. I think it was at least, I'm going to say 10. Yeah, I'll give it 10 more years. Yeah, the, it'll be the return of Evangelion. You get the rebuild, the return, the uh, retread of Evangelion. <laughs> uh, let's see. What, what would be a good name for it? Uh, The rechristening of Evangelion. The re Neon Exodus Evangelion. <laughs> All right, hold up. I typed in Rebuild 1.0 for Google, and it gave me the list of movies. Evangelion movies. Evangelion 1.0. Evangelion 2.0. Dora and the Lost City of Gold. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you can't prove that it isn't in the timeline. Except Anno says no at this point. I just find it wild. That I just like that. I really like the fact that it's not just a. It's not just a meta. It's not just a in-universe discussion of no more time loops. It's legitimately almost a. There can be no more Evangelion. Ever. Full stop. Ever. Full stop. Bold choice, to say the least. And to just sort of wrap it up on that uh, that sort of intertwining note of 
hey, the characters are happy in the real world. Yeah. You should be happy too. And then finding out that's Anno's hometown where the characters are apparently living in. Mm -hmm. It just, I do. Uh, That final scene where you have Rei and Kaoru and Asuka on the other side of the train station. And then Shinji sitting there, Amari coming up behind him. And they're obviously in a relationship with each other, which, you know, interesting choice. I didn't, didn't see that coming, but them going... Going along happy go luck, genuinely happy, and then mm-hmm. that trailer song coming in really hit like something special. It's like you said. He uh Ano basically <laughs> said, Hasaka array? No 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 no. My OC. <laughs> yeah, it was really nice that song Last Kiss. Yeah. Oh, that is just Especially oh. when they had some of the lyrics unsubtitled. Yeah, it was really a, it really felt like a very conclusive ending to a franchise. And it's really interesting because I felt the sense of familiarity, even though the only time I've seen it was the trailer, which was only like a month or two ago at Mm -hmm. most. So it's really weird for me that I have this light sense of nostalgia for something so recent I guess it's because the first thing I uh, experienced for this movie was that uh, was that song in the trailer, right? And seeing it at the very end of this movie was a nice book, like a bookend, Mm -hmm. or like a a coming back to the beginning. It 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 filled a nice sense of familiarity, which added to the sweetness of lyrics and the the uh, the kindness of the scene. Yeah. See, I think it it just hit me all it hit me all at the same point because it was just the sweetness of that their life is going to go on. Like Shinji is finally removed from all that sort of inner turmoil and all that. Mm-hmm. He's finally got that will to live and he finally has hope and he finally enjoys living. And you know, you've seen that through every single iteration of this franchise and then it it hits with that that cute little scene of them running out together. It fades back to this real, this real. Like at first, I thought it was CG, and then I saw, oh, it's reality. Yeah, and I was like, are you telling me that Shinji made our reality? Okay, cool. Yeah, it was, it was surprising how long it took me to realize this is actual real world scenery when it was they had them drawn uh, like on a drone shot, and it took me a while to realize, oh, this is IRL. Yeah, yeah, and that song just hit ev- hit everything at the right time. It really, like, like I was saying, not just a good way to end a movie, but a good way to just cap your franchise. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of similar to, not to spoil it too much, but the ending for the manga series, in that, you know, it was sort of a reset, while still carrying the, the remnants of the previous Ava world. And all these characters are living their happy-go-lucky lifestyle now. Oh, I still need to read the manga. You should read the manga. I'm going to read the manga. Jeez, Dad. <laughs> Get in the manga, son. Get in the manga, son. I'm just waiting for it to go in stock on right stuff, and I'm going to get it. I'm waiting for you to get up over here so I you can read it off my shelf. I can't. You live too far away. It's only six hours. Yeah, but that's also going to factor in, like, 
you know, apparently, apparently, uh, apparently, right stuff is having an orphan one day sale. Okay, cool. Okay. Well, like Iron so, Blood orphans or Sources Stabber orphan. Main characters who are orphans. So the first thing I saw was was Ed Elric. Ah. <laughs> and then Naruto, and I said, "Very." Thank you, Kanye. Very cool. What is it? National Orphan Day. Well, I mean, like, they could, who are they going to celebrate with? Their parents? Well, there is a National Orphan Day, or World Orphans Day, but it's April 20th. Oh, oh wow, I sound, I sound awful now, thanks. Thank you for once again highlighting how garbage of a person I am. I always appreciate it. Well, there's another site that says it's November 8th, so... <laughs> Either way, it's wrong. Either way... Where do we go from here? I guess we wrap it up. Do we wrap the mo- do we rate the movies then talk about our experience with this movie series as a as a whole? Yes. Okay, cool. Hmm. So just to keep it concise, for me, Eva three, okay, six. Eva three point plus one point pretty good. Has some miss has some very missable uh has some very misstep moments, but overall that ending is so good it bumps it up several points. I gave it an eight. Okay. Let me double check my list to see uh what scores I got. We both know you gave it a five and a seven. That's the classic Audrey score. Matt gave it this score. Hmm. Uh so my review, Eva three point three three dull, seemingly aimless, and very confusing for no reason. I gave it a 6. Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0. Fight scenes were kind of bombastic and very Michael Bay-esque. While it was still cool and well animated, it it felt like it was very detached from the movie itself. The best parts for me were the a character focused moments in the abandoned town and especially the the last 20 minutes of this movie is probably the best of the quadrilogy when it was mm-hmm. introspective with Shinji and Gendo and also the you know the very final scene so I give this a 7 out of 10 hmm hmm well I was right about one thing yeah yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so, what's our thoughts about the rebuild series in general? Overall? <sighs> I think I had to sigh because I really wanted, I've been thinking about that ever since we finished the latest movie. I think, honestly, the worst entry point for Eva, one of the worst entry points, and I say that. Yeah. Very skeptically, because I I think it's an extenuation of the original Eva. I think it is a sequel, a secret sequel. I I think it's a I think it's a good film series, but it's so it hits so many highs and then hits so many lows. The first two films, of course, being unequivocally the best for me, just because they sort of ruminated in one of some of my favorite parts of Eva and that was the action Mm -hmm. and then when it got to the more existential sort of focus that we come to associate with later Eva 
it really didn't hit the same sort of degree to what it did in the original, but it still did kind of culminate in a response from me that felt akin to the original Eva, but you can catch what I'm saying. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it. I just don't think that it should be the very first thing you watch, obviously, in Eva. And I don't think it's as rewarding as the original Eva. I think the Eva, I still, I still say that the original Eva is mandatory watching, even if you don't enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is important to the anime culture sphere as a whole. And I think it, it I personally think it's really good. So I think it's a mandatory watch, but this rebuild is no, not in any way, shape, form, fashion, the same Eva that I love that I think really holds, you know, so much to the anime community and to culture as a whole. But I think it is a serviceable wrap up, a a great ending. It's a great ending Mm -hmm. and a great way to give closure to people who maybe wanted more because after that ending, I feel I feel like Evangelion is closed for me. I think I could revisit it, but I don't think if they come out with a new movie, you know, say in 10 years when I'm old or like older, I don't think that I would go revisit because this just feels like, you know, such a great lock and key moment. It's closed. It's locked. You cannot open it anymore. So I think it's a great ending to the franchise (laughs) and it hopefully will be. Outside of your obligatory pachinko updates. <laughs> but uh by I Konami. Think, yeah, by Konami, obviously. But I think it's a I think it's great. I think I think it's really good. I think it's really good. Very very high highs and middling lows, so I think it's really good. I would give the entire series overall if I had to just assign a supplementary score, I'd give it an eight. I was initially confused as what the purpose of the rebuilds are. Like the first two movies, it, it feels like these are cut in half. The first two movies are kind of a a rebuild of Evangelion <laughs> in that it's, you know, taking what came before and giving it a fresh cut of paint to kind of reintroduce or introduce new watchers as saying like, hey, don't feel like watching the original. You can watch these instead. But then it starts, like, even in the first one, with a little divergence. And then it getting even more so in the second movie. <laughs> Up until the straight-up ending being a far, uh, a heavy right turn into new timeline. And then 3.0 and 3.0 plus 1.0 just being 14 years later. And uh, was it... 3.0 plus 1.0, 16 years after the third movie? I feel like that came up somewhere. I I think it was 16 years after the... F- I don't think it's 16 years after the f- third movie. That would be insane. Okay, I've got 16 years after third impact, so after the second movie. Yeah. Okay. So two years after the third movie. But with the third or fourth movie just being basically a new timeline, almost a new series with how tonally different it is from the first two movies. And throughout this whole series, there are so many changes, especially with terminology being thrown around, that it's not really at all an entry point for Evangelion. 
Um, as it is on its own, it's strange that they call it a rebuild in that it's just building upon, you know, it. it's not really a standalone. It is, a, for all intents and purposes, a sequel because it closes out not just itself, but every Evangelion series out there. And it builds upon, like, so much of the original Evangelion that you can't really watch this without the context of the first one, of the original series. Because mm-hmm. even us who have seen the originals, we had so many moments where we were confused and had to rack our memories to see, oh, that's the thing that was mentioned in the original, and they're bringing that back. Mm-hmm. And plus, there's a lot of hints like Giant Ray that are a callback from End of Ava uh, that, you know, it, it it relies on you being a fan already to appreciate what is going on here. Because if it's going to close out all of Evangelion, then it wants to get you into that headspace of, oh yeah, just like the original, to bring in the entire, like, diaspora of Evangelion to say, here it is, all in one basket, I'm going to cover it up and tie it up. Mm-hmm. And yeet that bitch in the river. <laughs> yeet that bitch in the river. So it. I kept hearing that the rebuild is a good place to start if you don't want to watch the original because it's either too old or one reason or another. But this is not a place to start. This is a. This is not a place to start. This is a place to end. This is not a place to live. It's a place to die. <laughs> so if you want to watch Evangelion, don't start with the movies. Start with the originals for sure. Uh, would I say even after them to watch the movies? Yeah, watch the movies. I cannot say if I would rewatch this like I would the originals. I would definitely rewatch the last 20 minutes and maybe the first two movies for that Fresh animation. Mm-hmm. But the third movie is definitely the lowest point of this of the series. And that's probably that and the two and a half hour runtime of the last one is probably the biggest hurdles for keeping me from wanting to rewatch it. Mm-hmm. But I would definitely say watch this series at least once. Mm-hmm. And if I had to give an overall score, I would give it a seven overall. Seven. Huh? Well, we watched them. We watched the rebuild films. Yeah. We, we capitalized. <laughs> mm. These records before work always stress me out. Because <laughs> you think it might go over time? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and I'm like, how am I going to be able to eat in 40 minutes? Well, then close us out. And speaking of uh, (laughs) putting a lock and key on the entire franchise, we have been the Otaku Melancholy Podcast. (laughs) 
We have been your hosts. What do you host. mean? What do you mean? <laughs> we have been your hosts. Okay, Matt, this isn't the end, and though. Audrey. You can catch us at our website at otakamelancholy.com before it closes down, where you can find, <laughs> for the meantime, our streaming services where we're hosted, as well as our previous episodes. And you can find our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Stay tuned for that for that final transmission. And also subscribe to our Patreon to keep our website running uh, ad, in, ad infinitum as like a memorial. What are you talking <laughs> That song is playing in the background right now. I know it. The one last kiss song. Yeah. It's going to sound like it's the end, but it's not the end. It's, it's just... It's just <laughs> this isn't the end. <laughs> Even though it sounds like it is. And speaking of people who know how to end things well, this today's quote comes from Maya Angelou. Angelo. 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 Angie. Angelo. If you don't like something, change it. And if you, if you can't change it, change your anime. <laughs> that's what that's what Otto said for the rebuilds. <laughs> This is bitch. That's well, that's show. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. Take care. Gabate. And goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs>
It's not goodbye. It's just... <laughs> it's not goodbye, just a long farewell. No! <laughs>